Hi friends, it's Pastor Drew Wilkerson from Bridgewater Church. Hey, thanks for stopping by this podcast. It's our prayer that as you listen, God will speak to your heart and you will feel inspired and you'll learn new things that will help you in your daily walk with God and just in life in general. So again, thanks for stopping by and thanks for listening. Good morning, Bridgewater Church. Can you believe that we're back together again and we're in week three of our series called Be Transformed? Now, this has gotten pretty exciting for me because as we've been unpacking the mission of Bridgewater Church, I'm already watching how God is working, miracles are happening, and people are getting excited about what the Lord is doing, both online and in the house. And so I'm here to share this next part of our mission statement. But let's recap, let's say it together as we get started this morning. Are you ready? Bridgewater Church is called to lead people into a transformational relationship with Jesus Christ. As we seek God, share the story, serve the world, and ask God to send the people. I think I could hear you. I'm listening hard, and I think I heard you say it at home. But at least say this if you didn't, okay? I don't expect you to memorize all of it, but what I do want is that if anyone asked you what is the mission and purpose of Bridgewater Church, I want you to be able to say this. Six words, okay, are you ready? Be transformed, seek, share, serve, and send. That be transformed message is crucial. We can only find transformation in a relational community that is serving Jesus Christ. Jesus is the only one that can save us. I I can help guide you. Uh, Pastor Liz online can give you guidance and encouragement. But listen, only Jesus can transform our lives. And it's not a one and done. We've been talking about this. Jesus doesn't want us simply to experience an event. He wants us to have a transformational process. And you know what? We need that. We need that. I think about, I just celebrated 39 years of marriage with, with Kay. And it's wonderful, but wow, it's been transformational. Where we started 39 years ago is not where we are today. And we've kept growing, nurturing that commitment to one another. Well, isn't that what our relationship with Jesus should be like? And not just Jesus, but one another in a community of believers. And that is why we started by saying the only way that we can have this ongoing transformation in Christ is by, first and foremost, seeking God. That's what we talked about last week as we unpacked this beautiful story of the woman at the well. You know, sometimes I just want to give her a name. Sometimes I just want to say her name was, I don't know, uh, Sarah, or maybe her name was Ruth. Can you tell I love some Old Testament stories? But I, I just am enthralled with this story about the woman at the well because Jesus never condemned her, but he did approach her 
intentionally. He did it with love. He did it with grace because he wanted her to seek God, seek a relationship with himself, and find and discover what she did, that Jesus is the Messiah. So today, it's time to talk about what it means to share the story. I immediately went back to uh, a moment in my life that changed everything. I grew up in a home that believed in Jesus Christ, and I'm so thankful for that. But I needed to discover who Jesus was for myself. I needed a personal relationship with Jesus. And so I was at a camp. In fact, listen, this is just a, a plug. If you have kids, send them to camp. A Christian camp that's focused on having this kind of personal relationship with Jesus. Because that's what happened to me. And I'm so thankful that we're supportive of our local camp, Camp Lebanon. And the camp season is about to start. Never underestimate what can happen when God puts a community of young people together. And that's what happened to me. I was a young teenager. I went to Camp Overton in Tennessee. And there was a speaker. In a, and it was a hot summer night. It was a tabernacle-style wood, uh, basically it was a wood pole roof, and there was sawdust on the floor and wood seating, wood pews, and I can't even remember what the pastor preached, but I do remember that my heart was on fire for God, and all the things I had heard about God when I was younger, Jesus finally took that journey and turned it into a question. Just like he did with the woman at the well. Do you want living water? And that night, like the woman at the well, I wanted that living water. I went to the altar. I knelt. I prayed. Someone prayed with me, and my heart was changed. It was different. And here I am years later, and my relationship with Jesus is, has really been transformational. But I'm here still sharing. And you know what seed God planted? Just that very 24-hour segment. I gave my heart to Jesus at Camp Overton. Then a couple of, uh, of my friends, we were talking. And we went to another friend of ours. And we knew he was struggling. And we started talking with him. And this was just in an afternoon in that same tabernacle with just three or four of us there. And we asked this brother, this friend, do you know Jesus? And we were able to share immediately what God had shared with us, and he gave his heart to Jesus. That's what it means to share the story. In fact, oftentimes, and we're going to see it in the story today, the moment that you know you've connected with Jesus, you can't help but share good news. You see, we can't save anyone. Only Jesus can save someone, but we are the bearers of good news. We are the ones to declare that, and that's what I want to talk about because Billy Graham was right when he said, our faith becomes stronger as we express it. A growing faith 
is a sharing faith. And can I just reverse it? A sharing faith is a growing faith. And that's why I, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter this morning. You may be seeking God. That's beautiful. What a perfect story to be a part of today. But you may have already just given your heart to the Lord. Maybe you haven't even communicated yet with Pastor Liz online. But tell her, I've given my heart to Jesus in the last couple of weeks. And now you're ready. Believe it or not, you have enough story to share to help someone else in their transformational journey with God. Now maybe, just maybe, you're like me. You've been walking with Jesus for a while and we need to be reminded of how exciting it is to share our story with someone else. In fact, let me challenge you. If you have really been feeling like your walk with God has gotten dry, it can happen. All, all of us, it, we can get there. But if you feel like your walk with God has gotten dry, what a great way to find refreshing living water by sharing the story of God, by sharing your story about God. I want to talk about how willing we need to be to share our story. And to do that, hey, I'm excited. A lot of times people don't hear this part, but there's a part two to this great story that comes from the woman at the well. Have you ever read one of the Bible stories and you said, well, what happened next? I wish we would have known. Well, guess what? We get to know what happens here. And I want to talk to you about how we need to be available and willing to share our story. Never underestimate your influence. And I'm about to show you. Let's start in John chapter 4, verses 25 through 30. The woman said, I know that Messiah called Christ is coming. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. Then Jesus declared, I who speak to you am he. Then leaving her water jar, the woman went back to town and said to the people, Come see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Christ? They came out of the town and made their way toward him. Look at this first insight. If we're going to share our story, we must be willing to open our hearts and share. Now, recall in your mind that the disciples had gone to town in order to get food. And they all went because they were with Samaritans. They were afraid. And as they're coming back, they're literally in shock. In fact, we're told in the scriptures that they were surprised. The word means literally to be astonished or to marvel. The disciples are just overwhelmed with the idea that Jesus was alone with a Samaritan woman. And it was obvious that they had been talking together. All the red flags that we spoke about last week were going off in their hearts and especially in their minds. And they just did not know what to do with Jesus. In fact, if you're paying close attention to what happens, this is why they were flabbergasted. They were thinking things like, 
No one was willing to say out loud, John records. He also tells us that they didn't know what to do with Jesus. They didn't know why Jesus was talking with this woman. Let me be very clear about something this morning. If we're going to open our hearts and share Jesus, can I just put it simply? A lot of things aren't going to make sense. They're not going to make sense to us, and they may not make sense even to the people that you're talking to. But what we have to do is realize that Jesus is the one that's in control. And what we need to be willing and able to do is to open our hearts and we need to share Jesus. In fact, it reminds me of a story uh, that this is true. This is something that I think about from time to time and it just blows my mind. In Pennsylvania, the church I had pastored before I came to Ohio, our church was growing rapidly. People were coming to know Jesus every week. It was exciting. But I had a woman who came up to me after church and she said, Pastor, can I talk to you uh, for a minute? And I said, sure. I'd known her for uh, several years. And she said, uh, I need to be honest with you. I said, well, well, please. She said, I think we're growing too much and we need to stop trying to reach people for Christ. Now, I know you're sitting there right now in your living rooms. You may be listening in your car and you're thinking, Pastor, come on. That didn't really happen. Oh, yes, it did. Yes, it did. I, I was dumbfounded. I looked at her and I said, would you repeat that again? She said, we're growing too much. There's not enough seats. I've been attending here a long time. This is too many people, and we have to do something to keep people from coming. I looked at her, and you're not going to think this was very Jesus-like. But I said, well, who should we tell to quit coming? And she goes, I don't know, but pastor, you need to do something. And I said, well, do you think you should quit coming so that your seat would be available? That pretty much ended the conversation. But do you understand what's going on? Too many times like the disciples and this woman in Pennsylvania, we're too focused on our own needs, our own wants. The disciples were focused on food. And they were focused on their fears. They wanted to feed their bellies, but they didn't want God to nurture their minds. And when they came back and they saw what had been taking place, they, they wanted to say something to Jesus. I literally think there must have been one or two of them that wanted to say to Jesus, what were you thinking? But can I help remind you of something? If you've given your heart and life to Jesus, are you glad that Jesus orchestrated a series of events where people shared their story with you and you had a moment where you realized you needed Jesus as your Savior. Does that still excite you? Are, are you still passionate about it? Think about what Jesus said in Luke chapter 15, verse 10. In the same way, I tell you, there is rejoicing in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. Think about what Jesus said. The angels rejoiced the day that you gave your heart to Jesus. And can I stop here just a minute and say this? 
If you have yet to give your heart to Jesus, the angels are ready and willing to celebrate. They have a party waiting with your name, with you as the one that they can't wait to welcome into the kingdom of God. But I need to go back and I need to remind you of what happened. The disciples had forgotten what had taken place when Jesus had called them. They had forgotten what was really moving in their hearts and in their minds. And beyond a shadow of a doubt, the woman, this woman at the well, was excited. In fact, did you notice in Scripture what she did? She left her water pot. <laughs> That's the reason she went. She left her jar. She didn't even take it. She was so excited about meeting the Messiah, and she's still processing it. This is a guy who had told me everything I'd ever done. Maybe Jesus even told her more than the fact that she had had five husbands and the man that she was living with wasn't her husband. Maybe he unpacked more about her family, her children. I don't know, but I know that this woman was excited so much that she left her traditions. She left her thinking about uh, theology and Jacob's well, and she left her jar and she went into town to tell people that the Messiah was here. Now, listen, we have to be willing to open our, our, our hearts and share Jesus. And when we do, 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15 kicks in. Peter tells us, But in your hearts revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to anyone and everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. I wonder if Peter was thinking about that moment with the woman at the well when he wrote that. Do you think that maybe Peter was like, you know, the 12 of us blew it. We were too scared about Samaritans. But years later, Peter had now helped to establish the Jerusalem church. He had shared the first message publicly in Acts chapter 2, and he had learned how to open his heart and share Jesus. Please hear me. That's what we all have to do. If we're going to fulfill the mission at Bridgewater Church, and once we're transformed, we have a story to share, and you have a story to share, because Jesus is in your heart. And if you're waiting... The greatest story you'll ever have to share begins when you accept Jesus as your Savior. We have to be willing to open our hearts and share Jesus. Well, let's look at this next portion. John chapter 4, verses 31 through 38. And I want you to pay close attention to what happens next. Meanwhile, his disciples urged him, Rabbi, eat something. But he said to them, I have food to eat that you know nothing about. Then his disciples said to each other, could someone have brought him food? My food, said Jesus, is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Do you not say four months more and then the harvest? I tell you, open your eyes and look at the fields. They are ripe for harvest. Even now the reaper draws his wages. Even now he harvests the crop for eternal life so that the sower and the reaper may be glad together. Thus the saying, one sows and another reaps is true. 
I sent you to reap what you have not worked for. Others have done the hard work, and you have reaped the benefits of their labor. Here's our next insight. If we're going to truly share the story that Jesus has given us, we have to open our eyes, and we have to just willingly, at any moment, share Jesus. Open our eyes and share Jesus. I, I would have been one of the guys. I would have been one of the 12. I'd like to tell you I would have thought differently, but I think I would have needed a do-over if I had been with the guys. My, my food concerns, my fears of Samaritans, and then when I get to the well, I, I want to pass this off as concern for Jesus. Did you hear that? Oh, Jesus, we're so concerned. You need to eat. If you've been sharing with this woman, you haven't really rested. But don't you love how Jesus just moves the disciples to another level? He doesn't scold them. He says to them, come on, get this concept. Open your eyes. you got to start with opening your heart, but then you need to open your eyes Look around. And then Jesus begins, and, and forgive the pun, but Jesus begins to plant seeds by talking about a harvest. And he says to them two things that are essential. One, he says, it's up to you to look around and get your eyes open to the things of God. All around us everywhere, in the, even in the church building or in your homes, there online. Maybe it's a neighbor. I don't know where you're going to see it or find it. Perhaps it's, it's someone at the gas station. I don't know. But if we open our eyes, once we have asked Jesus to be our Savior, and we're in this transformational process, this journey with God, we have a story to share. And never be surprised when, where, and with whom God will ask you to share the story. I had a woman... Uh, here in, in our church that asked me, she called and she said, my daughter and I want to come to church and I've really been blessed by what I'm hearing about Bridgewater Church. And she said, but I need to ask a question before we come. How do you feel about people with tattoos? Now, I'll be honest, I don't have a tat. I, I'm not going to tell you I'll never get one, but right now I don't. But I've had lots of friends, staff, elders, different people throughout our church who have had tattoos. So by the way, if you're asking that question, we're not against tattoos. But I was really curious as to why this woman would ask that. And I said, do you mind me asking why that would be a condition? She said, I'll tell you exactly why. She said, my daughter is in her 20s and she has a lot of tattoos. She's got them on her arms. She's got them on her neck. You can see her tattoos, and she's not ashamed of them. And I said, okay. She said, uh, she's been struggling. Her life has been very, very difficult. And so she decided to go to church with a friend. And she said, I'm not going to tell you which church, and I'm not going to tell you the denomination. And I said, I totally respect that, but I said, will you tell me what happened? She said she went to church, and God really was speaking to her. But on the way out, when she saw the pastor... He looked at her and said, I'm so glad that you did come, but our church isn't a place for someone 
with tattoos. Right now, I don't know whether to cry online or get mad in the name of Jesus, and I'm not joking. I'm a pretty, I'm a pretty simple-minded if, pastor. If you've been tracking with me, you know that my preaching is solid, it's biblical, and it's all about application. And I'm going to tell you this. If Jesus didn't condemn a woman for having been married five times and choosing her to reach an entire village, which we'll see in a moment, he can use anybody. He can reach anyone. And I will tell you this, whether I have a tattoo or not, you're welcome at Bridgewater Church, in-house or online. In fact, if that bothers you, let me help you with something. There's something in your life that you need to change. There's something in my life, I still am in this journey with Jesus of transformation. And I want you to know that there's a lot of sin in the world, but having a tattoo is not sinful. And I want you to hear what happened with the disciples. Jesus looks at them and he says, get your eyes open. There's a harvest field all around us. In fact, I want to show you a picture. It's familiar, uh, probably to most. By now, you, you see the color red. This is a picture of the red stadium. And it's full. Uh, probably some few empty seats, but there's a lot of people there. I want you to actually transpose this scripture when Jesus said, look around you at the harvest fields. This is what I think Jesus saw. I think Jesus saw a harvest field of wheat, perhaps, that was full, and it was blowing, and Jesus said, the harvest is ripe for the picking. But here's that second piece that I want you to, to understand. Jesus said, most of the time when we share our faith with someone, our story, and they find Jesus as their Savior, there have been other people God has used to prepare that harvest. We, we have the opportunity to reap. In fact, Jesus said the hard work's been done. That's happened to me on so many occasions where I've shared and planted seeds. I didn't get to see. The person wasn't ready to ask Jesus to be their savior, but I still pray and believe that there was someone that came along and it finally happened. And someday I'll meet those people in heaven. But you know what? I've had the wonderful opportunity to share my story. And I was the one that reaped the harvest of praying with someone who gave their life to Jesus. And you know what? I wasn't the only one who did it. And I want you to think of it like the Reds Stadium. In fact, maybe the next time you're at a ball game or if you're watching online and you're in another state or another place, go to a concert go to a football game, go, go even to your kid's soccer game or your grandkid's soccer game and look around. That's the harvest field. Anyone and everyone is someone that Jesus wants to reach with his love. So understand that we have to be willing to share our story and open our hearts. We have to be willing to share our story and we have to be willing to open our eyes Quit closing your eyes to the people around you, especially if you know Jesus 
Somebody opened their eyes and saw you. Now it's time to reach more people, which brings us to this last piece. In John chapter 4, verse 39 through 42, and th to me, to me, this is so exciting. I, I just love this. I, I just like have goosebumps to read it. Many of the Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. Can I change it just a little? Many of the Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's story. He told me everything I ever did. So when the Samaritans came to him, they urged him to stay with them, and he stayed two days. And because of his words, many more uh, became believers. They said to the woman, we no longer believe just because of what you said. Now we have heard for ourselves, and we know that this man really is the Savior of the world. Here's the, the, the third insight. We must be willing to open our mouths and share Jesus. Once you know Jesus, you have a story to share. Go share it. And as you share your story, your faith will grow. And as your faith grows, you'll share your story. And maybe you've gotten off track. Maybe you've, you've, you've forgotten how important it is. You've read your scripture, you, you watch online, but you've forgotten that we're in community together with people. And that community is online, it's in-house, but it's everywhere we go. God can even change a life at Kroger. God can change a life in a restaurant. God can change a life at a sporting event. Oh, listen, why would we talk about all of the other wonderful and incredible things in life and not talk about the transformational story, our story, with Jesus? And that's exactly what happened. Isn't this great? The woman rushes back. She doesn't, she doesn't care about any of the junk. You know, Jesus didn't have a, his own uh, ladle. Uh, he asked for water. Jews, Samaritans, she forgot all that. You know what she does? She runs back. And this is, to me, I think probably the most important point. The very people that forced her to go to the well at noon because of her, her background, because of her relationships with so many men, what forced her to go at noon was gossip. It was, it was uh, slander. It was... Uh, Talk, she was the talk of, of the village probably. And she goes back and you know what she does? She starts telling everybody. And you know how she begins her story? I met the Messiah and he told me everything about my life. Yeah, everything. All the stuff you like to talk about that you think you know. Yeah, he actually told me about my life. She doesn't care that these are the people that have slandered her, people that have seen her as an outcast. In fact, why didn't she just keep a secret? Why didn't she? Why didn't she just say, I know something you don't know? You know, why didn't she say that I, I found uh, the, Jesus just to a couple of people, but say, I'm not telling the rest of these people because they don't deserve it. You know what she does? She goes back to this village and she starts sharing everything with everybody and now they're tweaked. And you know why? Because they know what her story is and if she's this excited about meeting someone she calls the Messiah, they at least have to go see for themselves. Never underestimate the influence of your story. 
Some of your stories you think are pretty wild and amazing, but I've met one or two people who have said to me, Pastor, I found Jesus as a child, and I've been serving him, and my story really isn't as dynamic as someone else. Shame on all of us. You have a story someone needs to hear. But, but we're not called to talk about ourselves. We're called to talk about Jesus and how he's impacted our lives. We're not here just to share about us like you see so many people do on social media. We're here to share about how our journey intersects with Jesus and all of a sudden we're transformed and we're beginning this life process of change. I, I get excited about this because now I picture this, right? I picture people coming through the fields just trying to find Jesus, and the disciples going, whoa, the Samaritans are coming. I, I picture it, I picture it like we're at a Reds game, and someone is sharing, and then another person shares, and the whole ball game stops, because now people are coming out of the bleachers just to find and to hear the story of the Messiah. And you know what I love about Jesus? He's so loving. He's so patient. You know what Jesus does? He stays two more days. Now don't forget. Don't forget last week. Jesus came in order to leave, to get back home, to find rest. But realize this isn't an inconvenience to Jesus. They're like, you remember this? The disciples are like, who gave Jesus food? Where did he get his nourishment? And Jesus is like, I'm, I'm excited and, and, and I'm empowered and I'm nourished by sharing with others. Scholar F.F. F. Bruce says it beautifully. Secondhand acquaintance with Christ cannot be a substitute for personal knowledge and saving faith. Oh, wow. Do you have a personal knowledge of Jesus? Do you know him? Now let me just stop. Let, let, me, let me make sure we do this. Please reach out to Pastor Liz right now. Nothing else matters. Please reach out to Pastor Liz right now. If you need, want Jesus to be your savior, say, Pastor Liz, my name is, pray for me right now, and she'll do it. She's right there. She'll respond to you. If you've already prayed this prayer over the last couple of weeks right now, just say, Pastor Liz, I'm one of those people that's coming out of the fields. I'm coming out of the bleachers and I'm giving my life to Jesus or I'm recommitting my life to Jesus. And can I lovingly say this to you? If you've been sitting a long time and you've just gotten used to hearing God's word, but you haven't been giving it back out, it's time to go share your story. A neighbor, a friend, call someone, text them, email them, get together for coffee, invite them over. But we live in a world that is ripe for the harvest. In fact, more people today are more spiritual than ever before. But they just need to know in love that regardless of how tough their life has been, how long their hair, how short, how tattooed up they are, or maybe no tats at all. That there is a Savior who loves them and died for them to give them life. You are the person to make a difference.
if you will share your story and share God's story, it will change a life. Now, I have an application. You'll see it on your screen. I'm holding it in my hand. I need you to write this down because I can't physically give you a card. But I have a card in my hand that says, share your story with a friend and pray for them to encounter God in new ways. I will share my story with, I want you to write down at least one name. Write down two. And you know how I love three points in a message? Write down three names. Now here's what I need you to do. Invite them to join you for a special service on Father's Day, June 19th. Now that can happen two ways. It can happen at home. Invite people to join you at home. Say, come over. We're going to have coffee. We're going to have cinnamon rolls. And we're going to watch a special service on Father's Day. Invite your kids. What a great time to invite your children to come. And, and tell them about Jesus. And I'll have a message that's geared toward dads, but it's going to be a message that specifically speaks to our heavenly Father and how much he loves us. Now, you can do something else. You can write down one or two names, three names, and either way, what we want you to do is call them, text them, tell them that you're praying for them, and you can even come to church in-house on Father's Day. We have two services one at 9.30 and one at 11. We don't care. It doesn't matter. God's excited. In home, in house, it doesn't matter. But what does matter is that we're intentional. So are you ready? Are you ready to share the story? So here's how we're going to end today. I have the card in my hand, but I want you to think of someone that God's bringing to mind right now. Who can you share the story with? And I'm going to pray for that person that you're going to text or call and invite. Maybe you're even going to send them a card and say, on Father's Day, will you join me for coffee and donuts? Uh, maybe you're healthy, so it's going to be coffee and fruit. Um, but have them come to your house, and we're going to expect a wonderful day here at BWC. But I've given you plenty of time to think of a name. Are you ready? Let's pray. Heavenly Father... I pray for, and I'm thinking of my name. Maybe you want to say your name out loud. We are thinking about these precious people that we want to share our story and help them find you, Jesus. I pray, God, that beyond a shadow of a doubt, that people would realize there isn't anything anyone's done that God can't forgive there isn't any brokenness that God can't restore. And that's why as a community of faith, we want to introduce people to Jesus. And Father, I pray that on Father's Day in homes, maybe in coffee shops, perhaps here even at BWC, we would see so many people come to know Jesus. And God, let the transformation begin. Help us to be willing to open our hearts, open our eyes, and open our mouth and share the story. And we ask this in Jesus' name, amen. I love you so much. Okay, get ready. Don't just let it go. Don't, don't wake up on Father's Day and say, oh, I forgot. No, no, 
start thinking now. You've got a couple of weeks. Let's pray. Let's ask God. Let's reach out to our friends. And remember, we're here for you. We love you. And until we see each other again, take heart and be transformed. Hey, friends, thanks for listening. And if you want to be a part of our e-family, then all you have to do to join us is click the link below and you can check us out on our YouTube page. You can also join us on social media. And if you'd like to support the ministry, then just click the link to give. We're so grateful for all of our partners and together we can do more than we can alone. So again, thanks to all of you for listening to this podcast and also thank you for helping us reach people around the world for Jesus Christ. Thank you.